Welcome to Tigers in 20, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast. Your one-stop shop for all things University of Memphis Tigers athletics. Here are your hosts, founder of Go Tigers 247, Brooks Hansen, and lead writer for Go Tigers 247, Christian Fowler. Welcome back, everyone. I am your host, Christian Fowler, and joining me, as always, is Go Tigers 247 founder, Brooks Hansen. And, Brooks, we are coming off of a pretty interesting, pretty grueling trip to uh, Mobile, Alabama, but we are back this week for this week's episode. 18 hours down and back for you guys. I was uh, just a part of that trip. I was about seven hours of that trip. Uh, I guess, well, about 18 minus seven. So about 11 hours total I was with you guys. Uh, we had a Memphis Mafia of media in in Kenny's uh, SUV and had a blast on that trip. It was a lot of fun. Got to uh, take a tour of the South Alabama basketball facilities with their staff and uh, got to see Memphis absolutely demolish South Alabama. So let's get right into it. Let's start with some football, then we're going to get into the basketball like normal. Christian, that massive 42-6 to win for Memphis on Saturday against South Alabama, what did you take away? Well, the first thing to me is there were so many people that were worried about that game because of the close call for Nebraska, the 35-21 to victory Nebraska had over South Alabama. A lot of people were worried that you know Memphis would struggle in that game and it might be a tight game, but I think Memphis came out pretty quickly and, and really shut all that down because they were dominant on both sides of the ball. Uh, the, the defense did what they did against Ole Miss. They came out and really shut everything down that, that South Alabama tried to do. And then the offense, they ran the ball all over South Alabama. Brady White didn't look incredible, but, you know, they were worried about South Alabama's defensive line a little bit because they are a, a pretty shifty group up front. But the Memphis offensive line really shut them down. And, and Kenny Gainwell and Kylan Watkins both had great games. Both went over 100 yards for the first time in their career. So overall, they are the more talented team. They should have won this game, but they did it in convincing fashion. Uh, and I think that's a big step moving forward. Absolutely. One of the things that I was looking for is uh, you know a strong defensive effort. And, and we definitely saw that. On Saturday, uh, Memphis is now, after three games, sitting right around, hovering around the top ten in, in a lot of major defensive categories. And one things I, uh, one of the things I really wanted to see was I wanted to see Memphis's defense force South Alabama into situations where they put the ball on the ground. And, and they still just – Memphis isn't extremely – showing that they're extremely good at forcing fumbles this year. But they did get one. Joey Bryant got the first of the year in terms of forced fumbles. And, uh, you know, we both both know Austin Hall scooped that sucker up, ran it back for a touchdown. Our photographer, Kenny, got some great shots of that. So that, that was great to see. But, um, you know, for me, on the offensive side of the ball, you know, I think the most impressive thing is – Kenny Gainwell and Kylan Watkins were both ridiculous, like just straight up. I mean, I was sitting on the South Alabama side of things. I was sitting next to people within their athletic department and their coaching staff for basketball, and they were just blown away by those two. They were like, wait a minute, that's a redshirt freshman and and another freshman, and you guys are missing your, uh, you know, a sophomore, sorry, in Kylan Watkins, and you're missing your – your number one back, that's insane. Um, so, yeah, they were both really good. Uh, Watkins, I think, finished with 115, 113 yards uh, and was just really, really good coming in, uh, in, in behind Gainwell. 
Well, well, Brooks, before we uh, before we move on here, I do have a question for you because anybody that's listened to me or, or read anything that I write know that I've went to bat for Brady White plenty, but when he you know when he doesn't play well, I'll, I mean I'll definitely say so. So I have no problem saying that that Brady did not have a good game against South Alabama. In the in the, you know in the early going of the game, he he looked fine. He was making decent throws, and then it just kept getting more and more shaky. I mean, you had the the big pass play to Joey Magnifico for 58 yards that really should have been intercepted. It was tipped right up to Joey Magnifico. Uh, he missed high a few times. He missed, could, uh, I believe it was Kadarian Jones on a on a wide open touchdown from the two-yard line, and then Memphis had to go for it on fourth down. So it wasn't the best performance from Brady, especially coming off that game he had against Southern. I think fans would have liked to see him have a, have a much bigger performance uh, so Brooks, you know, from from watching this game this weekend uh, and from being there in the stands, my question for you is, you know, when Memphis gets into the meat of their conference schedule, when they're playing Temple and Cincinnati and Houston, uh, you know, and the better teams in the American Conference, if they get down, do you think Brady White has what it takes to be able to beat a team with his arm? You know, from what we've seen last year and what we've seen in the early going this year. No, no, he doesn't, and. and- and I don't think that there are going to be many situations where Memphis is going to need that. Their defense is so stout right now. Um, their running game is extremely complete. Once they get Patrick Taylor back, once they, they get their full backfield back, I don't expect them to really need Brady to be able to be the guy to, to come back and, and beat teams. Now, I could be I could be wrong. But here's the other thing. You know, people were really, really down on Brady, and and I get it. His yards aren't that impressive. He's he's in the I think he's in the top thirty, top thirty five, somewhere right around there in the country. So he's let me let me look it up real quick. Let, let's just see. Okay, he's not in the top thirty five, but here's the thing: his hey his his quarterback rating. He is uh, overall. He is number 21 in the country. Number that's 21 a, overall. That's a little bit surprising. I'm not going to lie. He's at 173.3. He's uh, he's right there in front of Penn State's Sean Clifford, right behind Florida's <laughs> Felipe Franks, who's now uh, done for the season. Uh, Charlie Brewer at Baylor, Sam Ellinger at Texas. So he's right there in the mix of other guys that people are talking about having good seasons so far. So um, – you know, I would say, like, go a little easy on him. He makes great throws in some moments, and then he just makes really, really bad throws in others. Uh, so I'm willing to give him a little a little bit of rope to hang himself if, you know, if others aren't. You know, if, if anything, uh, he's averaging 10 yards an attempt right now. He, that's a really, really good average pass. Uh, you know, Jalen Hurts is a freak, and he's at 14.4 right now, but – Overall, I think Brady is a he's very smart. He's a great game manager. And I don't think he's gonna be the guy that loses you a game if if that helps. He's number fifteen overall in yards per attempt on passing attempt. Yeah, I think you bring up a lot of good points there, and that's that's really where I'm at with it right now too, is I think Brady is definitely serviceable. I don't think he's as bad as people say he is. 
Uh, and like you said, he misses throws from time to time. He misses high. He you know he he misses receivers from time to time. He's not as accurate as he should be, but he is a very smart quarterback. He will typically probably ninety five percent of the time get Memphis into the right play, which is very important. You know, regardless of of what's going on and how well he's playing, he typically does get them into the right play, which is very important. Um, and he and he does make some impressive throws. It's not all bad from Brady White. People act like every time he makes a mistake that he's the worst quarterback in the country, and that's just simply not it. He's not a bad quarterback, but Memphis's fan base has been spoiled with Riley Ferguson and Paxton Lynch. So when you come from those two to Brady White, I see I see why they do get a little aggravated and and a little bit upset with Brady White. But with how good this defense has been, I mean, when you look at the turnaround that this defense has made. And I, I know they haven't played anybody with an incredible offense yet. They haven't played some of the teams in the conference that can light up the scoreboard. But they did hold an SEC opponent to 10 points. Uh, the, Nebraska's defense allowed South Alabama to score 21. They held South Alabama to 6. And really, it was a garbage time touchdown with reserves in. They they barely allowed yardage when, when the game was actually important. Um, and then obviously, they... Didn't didn't have their best game against Southern, but I think you saw them fix a lot of those things. I think that was simply just from, uh, just maybe from overlooking. I'm not quite sure, but when you look at what this team is, it's completely night and day. They're going to run the football. Uh, they're going to play defense, and if Brady White can make, I'm going to say 10 to 15 good throws a game, they're going to be hard to beat. If he can continue to play at this level, um, and you know, if he misses a couple throws a game, but continues to throw for you know two twenty to two fifty and a touchdown or two, um, and not make mistakes to limit his mistakes, then this team can be really good because their defense has looked incredible. I think you have to give a ton of credit to Adam Fuller because personnel-wise, they're really the same. There's not a ton of different players on this defense, uh, but Adam Fuller has been incredible. You can see the impact that he's made. Um, and then you really have your three or four running backs deep. Like you said, when Patrick Taylor comes back uh, to have Kenny Gainwell, to have Kylan Watkins, Travion Samuel, Rodriguez Clark, Tim Taylor, they have a ton of depth in that backfield. And I think that and the defense is what's going to lead them. Uh, you have to get a couple big plays from Brady in the passing game. And luckily you have guys like Joey Magnifico, DeMonte Coxie, uh, Antonio Gibson's look really good in the past couple weeks. So I'm right there with you. I think people tend to be a little a little bit too critical of Brady White, but as long as he can limit mistakes, this team can be very good because of their defense and their running game. Well, speaking of some of those playmakers for Memphis and Coxie and A.G., Memphis got news on Monday from Mike Norvell. You want to break break down the news? Yeah. So this one is uh, this one's interesting. Uh, John Pop Williams uh, is out for the remainder of the season after a knee injury suffered on a punt return against South Alabama on Saturday. And Pop really hasn't been a big factor in the receiving game this year. I think he has like forty. I think he has forty nine yards on the season. Uh, so they're not losing a ton of production out of the slot because they do have guys like Kenny and Travion. And I even think you could slide Colin out to the slot, uh, Calvin Alston as well. So they have plenty of production in the slot, but it does hurt their special teams because Pop is one of the best punt returners in the country. Uh, He was one of the best per return last year. He was well on his way to that. This year, he already had seven punt returns for 44 yards uh, with a long of 19, I believe. So Pop is definitely a weapon as a returner. He, you know, he flipped the field multiple times against Ole Miss, uh, had, had a couple nice returns against Southern. So Pop is a weapon on special teams, and and I think they will miss him a little bit there. Um, 
after he went out, Calvin Austin was returning the punts, and I think anybody that has ever seen Calvin plays knows that he might be the fastest player on the team. Uh, so as long as he can field the ball properly and, and uh, this punt return unit continues to block the way they have, it shouldn't be too big of a loss, but it all depends on the adjustment that you know that Calvin Austin makes or whoever they put. You know they could end up putting somebody like Kenny back there. Uh, with T.J. Carter returns punts in practice, so there's a number of guys they could put back there. Demonte returns punts in practice, uh, so we'll have to wait and see on who they put back there, and uh, hopefully they can get close to matching the production of Pop because although he wasn't a huge factor on offense, he definitely was big for field position, uh, and he was a weapon back there, no doubt. So some big news coming out uh, about Pop, and it'll be interesting to see uh, how they how they handle that because they do have. Uh, the week off they have the bye week until the navy game so they have plenty of time to to work around that and and kind of play with that and see who see who the best possible option for a backup return man is there i mean you think it's possible they slide ag over since he was uh returning kicks and and actually had a 38 yard return i mean that that one return he had for 38 was really dynamic and he actually uh, demolished the guy on that return. I was really impressed with what he did. Yeah, I think it's definitely possible. I mean, AG's been AG's been returning, uh, you know, since the spring. I believe they had him back there on kick returns and working him in punt returns as well. But fortunately, the uh, the Memphis the Memphis squad has so many athletes that I don't think they'll have a trouble trouble finding a replacement. Because like I said, Calvin Alston straight line speed is ridiculous. Uh, Demonte, we know he can make people miss. I don't think you want to put your number one receiver out there as a punt returner, though. Uh, same thing with TJ. I think TJ would be a great punt returner, but why would you put your number one corner out there? Um, Kenny, with Patrick being out, don't know if you could don't know if you could risk him out there. So AG might be the most AG and Calvin Alston might be the two most logical options there. And and I really like what AG brings to the table because he's he's big, he's faster than people think he is, he's shiftier than people think think he is and uh I think I definitely think he could be uh, a factor back there and it'll be interesting to see who ultimately wins out that job or if they try to split it for the for the first couple of games to see who adjusts the best and and uh is the best back there returner well Gibson doesn't mind putting the hurt on anybody either uh and and not at all I would be remiss if uh if I did not mention this one of the best guys in the entire game consistently from start to finish was Memphis's punter Adam Williams. He was just unbelievable. Some of the kicks that he had uh, and the way that he placed that ball, he he showed dynamic range in how he kicked the ball. Some of them he gave them air and time. Some of them he, it was just direct straight line kicks with uh, a ton of bounce and uh, that were next to impossible to return that gave Memphis just great field position all day and backed Alabama, uh, South Alabama up against their end zone like constantly. I mean, he was so good. Oh yeah, I mean Adam is Adam is one of the best in college football, I think. And and like you said, to be able to switch it up and do a variety of punts is is impressive because typically you see one style. Either somebody is a hang time guy or you know a rugby style guy. So there's there's usually different types, but he you know he can get extreme hang time on a ball like you saw. I think he did it against Ole Miss and against South Alabama where he's doing these directional punts where he kicks some kind of like line drives and they have wicked bounces on them. So uh, Adam is Adam is very impressive. They definitely have a good one there. And we were, you know, we do our Go Tigers two four seven film room with Gabe Kuhn, and he said when he was there, they had two punters. They had a situational punter, 
and a long distance punter and he was like you know both of those guys together probably aren't as good as Adam so if uh if that doesn't tell you anything I don't know it does but Adam is a big weapon for this team uh, I know the special teams doesn't get a ton of love but Pete Limbo has coached that group up well and and he has them looking good and you know once again Memphis's special teams group has, has got to be up there with one of the best in the country all right so we're coming up on an off week Navy comes to Memphis uh, next Thursday so like Memphis, this week we're going to take a, a quick break. We're going to hear from our sponsors. We're going to come back and talk basketball recruiting. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews or coverage of all the biggest stories in the nba our new show is the place to be five days a week download and follow beyond the arc on apple podcasts spotify and wherever you get your favorite podcasts survivor 46 is here and so is on fire the only official survivor podcast and we have a twist this season the winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. So, Christian, basketball recruiting is yet again... Uh, all over the place. It's crazy how much work these coaches are putting in right now. They're flying all over the country. If you follow some of the coaches on Instagram, you see uh, little teasers of flights all around the globe, basically. And this Memphis staff is putting in the work. They took a break last at the end of last week for Jaden Springer, five-star guard out of IMG Academy. He took an, un uh, an official visit to Memphis uh, he he left on Sunday morning, early Sunday morning, wraps up the visit. Memphis goes back in home with him in the middle of the week. But in the meantime, Memphis has been all over the place. Coming up this Wednesday, it's going to be 10 days in the recruiting period. So what I wanted to do is just kind of recap all of the guys that they've seen and some of the things that have happened. So, Christian, let's just go through a list. There are a few guys that we're not going to name here just simply because this is not a part of our VIP content, but we will provide those names at GoTigers247.com in the VIP section. If you're not a member, go over there, sign up. It's, it's cheaper than a cup of coffee every single morning. Uh, but, Christian, the guys that we've either put out there or other other sites have put out there, let's go through them. So first off, let's start with the left coast. Let's go out to Cali, work our way the back. The left coast? Isn't that what it's called? Isn't that what some people call it, the left coast? Uh, I've never heard that one. Come on, man. Maybe that's an old man <laughs> <I guess> saying. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you beat me on this pop culture stuff somehow, but that's a new one for me. All right, well, let's go West Coast to Cali. There, that's better. All right, so <laughs> we can't go out to Cali without talking about five-star top five, Jalen Green, Memphis's top priority for uh, 2020. Memphis went out and saw him last week. They've got his official visit coming up in two weeks on October 3rd for Memphis Madness. Uh, and uh, kind of a developing story is – one of Jalen Green's prolific prep teammates, uh, another elite level guard. He's, a, I think he's a, is he a five star or a four star on 
247 composite. He's a five-star. I five think star. he is. I think he is a five-star. He's a five-star. I think he's like right there at the 20 yep. mark. He's right there, borderline five-star, four-star. Namari Burnett. Memphis has actually been on Burnett for quite a while. And Burnett cut his list and, and did not include Memphis because they had not offered yet. Um, so one of the things that's interesting to me is that uh, Memphis, like last year, we talked about it last week with Damian Ball, Lester Quinones, with other guys, they continued to evaluate, continued to, to see what guys fit their current roster, what they felt like they needed coming back. Burnett, obviously, Memphis sees something in him that they like, that they feel like they can get back in there, that with an offer possibly, that uh, they might be able to make a push. And uh, on Monday afternoon, actually, from the main Go Tigers 247 Twitter account, I, I retweeted one of the prolific prep guys that uh, he said that Namari Burnett had added Memphis back into now his top five. He had cut it to four, and his his top four has turned into a top five, and Memphis is in there, so just as expected. Uh, who else was out there on the left coast, Christian? <laughs> Don't make that fun one's going to trip me. That one's <laughs> going to trip me up a little bit. Um, so also out there, another teammate of Jalen Green with Team Why Not. So teammates with Jalen and Namari and Team Why Not. Five star class of 2021 guard Devin Askew. Uh, somebody Memphis got in on after the MBPA Top 100 camp. Uh, one of their top priorities for 2021. Right now, he's the number one overall point guard uh, in the 21 class. Uh, like I've said on the show multiple times, after watching him uh, in Charlottesville at the MEPA camp, I was immediately sold because I had no idea who he was. Sitting there watching him, uh, very impressed by him. And I know that he's definitely one of Memphis's top priorities for that class right now. And uh, they're they're definitely going after him hard. Been after been out there to see him once, or planning on going out there and seeing him again this week. So uh, another name to keep an eye on. I know a lot of people are focused on the 2020 class right now, uh, but Devin's a guy in the 21 class that they're already prioritizing, and he has been linked to possibly reclassifying a couple times. Uh, he shut it down at one point, but I think it's still an option for him to reclassify. So that's definitely another guy on the West Coast that they've been after uh, a couple times since the recruiting period opened. Oh, yeah, and I would say it's not just just a possibility. I would say it's a very good possibility that Devin Askew uh, eventually reclassifies. So, you know, he's right now, he's number 11 nationally. Um, he's five-star overall. He's an elite-level point guard, and if and when he does reclassify, he's uh, one of the best available point guards in the entire class you know Cade Cunningham uh, go Tigers I mean 247 sports actually has Cade as a combo guard uh, but he can play the point if you take if you take him out of the mix Devin Askew would be the highest rated five-star point guard remaining in the 2020 class ahead of Sharif Cooper who's an Auburn lane uh, I would be shocked if Sharif Cooper did not end up at Auburn um, so, so Sharif's the number, Sharif's the number one point guard for 2020. Uh, he is number two overall. Uh, he's behind Dacian Nix. Um, so Dacian Nix is number 14 overall. Sharif Cooper is number 18 and Dacian is committed. So, you know, Devin Askew would be the number one overall uncommitted five-star point guard in 2020 if he reclassified. Um, so that takes care of Cali as far as we know. Um, 
let's work our way back. And I'm going to let you go through the list since you actually wrote everything down. And I'm not going to try to go from memory. Um, I'll take Texas if you want to take another state. Yeah, you go ahead and take Texas, and I'll and I'll uh, I'll give a different state next. All right. Let's do it. So last week, Memphis stopped in on one of their other top priorities in uh, 6'9", power forward Greg Brown. Uh, we covered that extensively last week. Memphis is going to get a visit from Greg in January. Uh, and I'll just be straight up honest. I, you know, I pulled a trigger, the trigger on both Jaden Springer to, um, to UT and Greg Brown to Texas. But if somehow... Memphis is able to work their magic, uh, sway that momentum, get get back in there and get a commitment from Jaden Springer. I, I honestly would not um, be very, very shy from pulling the trigger back to Memphis on Greg Brown. Uh, those guys have a very tight relationship. Their parents speak. They're, they have a very uh, close family dynamic between the Springer family and the Brown family. So, the those two recruitments do matter to each other. I'm not saying they're a package deal by any means. Obviously, right now I have them going to two separate schools, but um, you know there there is a lot at play here, and I think a commitment from Jane Springer would help immensely. Um, so another prospect that Memphis has seen in. Uh, the state of Texas is class of 2021 five-star Harrison Ingram. He is a big-bodied small forward, plays for YCG3. Uh, really, really smart player. Uh, not an elite-level athlete, kind of plays under the rim, but love his game. He's just really smooth, really smart, has a high basketball IQ, knows how to win, plays hard. Uh, so that's Texas. Did I miss anybody in Texas? No, that's the three for Texas, and I'm going to go on to Minnesota with two guys that we mentioned on the episode last week, and that is four-star class of 20 power forward Dawson Garcia uh, and five-star class of 21 center Chet Holmgren. Uh, like I said, we talked about them at length last week on the episode, but just to give a little bit of a recap, uh, they saw Dawson last week. They will be, I think they were in again today to see Dawson, so like I mentioned on the episode last week, I think he is someone that we are really going to see Memphis prioritize. Uh, he he fits the bill for what they want to do. He's a smooth athlete, uh, great rebounder, great on defense, really a technician. So I think he fits what Memphis does uh, on both ends of the floor, and I think he is going to end up being a priority. Uh, Chet Holmgren, like I mentioned on the show last week, um, they saw him at the UAA finals, really liked his game, offered him. Uh, I think they, that is definitely going to be somebody they prioritize because he is long, he's athletic. Uh, seven footer with the jump shot so uh, Memphis loves unicorns and, and Chet looks like another unicorn so I would expect them to uh to recruit him heavily and for him to be uh you know one of their top front court priorities for the 21 class so that is the two guys from Minnesota Brooks all right so I'm just going to head a little bit south from Minnesota I'm going to go Kentucky uh, Memphis was expected to see Jay Scrub he's a number one overall Juco player the only Juco player to get invited to USA basketball he got invited to the Steph Curry camp uh, he's been rumored to be a guy that's uh, such an elite-level prospect coming from JUCO that he may even consider entering his name directly into the NBA draft. Uh, he's a six-seven small forward from John A. Logan College. Uh, he's originally from Louisville, Kentucky. 
and another Louisville, Kentucky guy that Memphis is expected to to head in to see uh, is and and of course you would leave me the me of all people the guy who cannot get names right you would leave me with Kentucky. I'm going to go with Jethro Muscadin. He's the number 122 player overall. He's a four star center, 6'10", 220. Uh, but Jethro completely blew up this summer. Uh, has pretty much. Uh, he, he even has blue bloods after him now. He's got uh, Kansas, Texas Tech, UConn, uh, Kentucky has even been uh, rumored as trying to get involved as well. Uh, he has some official visits set up, but Memphis is expected to, to see him as well. Um, and, you know, Christian, selfishly, I'm going to take Memphis. I'm going to recap that real quick because we hit it so hard last week. But, you know, last week we talked about it. Memphis was in to see Kennedy Chandler. Class of 2021 20, point guard and Chris Moore, uh, class of 2020 uh, forward. So those are the two guys out of Memphis that Memphis has really focused on at this point. So Christian, what's next? What what state are we heading to? So now we're going to head up north to the northeast with Cliff Amori, uh, somebody that we've reported Memphis getting in on here recently. Four star, believe, four star, right? Not five star. Class of 2020 forward center, uh, another really long big man in the front court that they will reportedly be visiting tomorrow, uh, according to Andrew Slater. So that's a, another big man visit. And Brooks, before we move on, I think that actually might be it. But before we move on, uh, this is a question I've seen on the board a couple times. And I do know the answer to this, but I know a lot of people are curious about it. So with all these front court targets that we're seeing here, I mean, I think we've already mentioned four or five uh, and three new ones in Dawson, Cliff, uh, and Jethro, three relatively new ones. So is this Memphis casting a wide net or feeling like they're striking out? Oh, no, I think it's just that the staff is doing due diligence on each one of these guys. You know, you look across the board, Matty Suzoko was a Cody Topper target. Cliff Amori is a Mike Miller target. Uh, you look at um, who else? Jethro Muskinen, that's a Cody Topper target. So it's multiple guys just seeing different players, uh, trying to make sure they have their bases covered. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Gather your besties. We are very exclusive. And get ready. Mom, go make snacks. For sure, Regina. Yeah. For the movie that hits like a bus in a good way. No one dies. Mean Girls. Made at PG 13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. All right, Brooks. So we've covered just about every state that we've had so far as far as Memphis' staff going and visiting players. The last one is the state of Florida, Brooks, and I'm going to let you take it away. Yeah, so obviously. Coming off that Jaden Springer official visit, I teased this already, but Memphis heading back to IMG Academy middle of the week this week uh, to check back in with Jaden Springer. Also, uh, one of their top targets for class of 2021 in terms of big men, and that's Musa Diabate, uh, five-star big man. And there are a few other targets in Florida that Memphis is going to stop in on. Uh, expect those names to be dropped in VIP uh, just shortly after this video, I mean, this podcast is released. So lots of movement. Uh, Christian, I think, uh, has an article coming up. It's basically 10 stops and 10 days on the recruiting trail. It's it's just a ton of action. If, if you love following the day in and day out of recruiting, right now is your bread and butter as we get into visit season. October the 3rd can't get here soon enough. I mean, it's it's do or die time now for the staff. They've, you know, they've got it built up to where they've got a ton of elite level targets for 2020 and it's time to start closing on some guys. So 
Uh, Christian, you got anything else before we get out of here? I, I mean, I feel pretty good about what we covered. No, I'm all good. I feel like we've <laughs> I feel like we've covered a ton of basketball recruiting, and it's that time of year, honestly. We almost squeaked in under that 30 minute mark to get that Tigers in 20, but yet again, we're failing at our branding. We're gonna have to change the name eventually. Uh, so thanks for joining us, Christian. Thanks for being a great host. If you got nothing else, speak now. Forever All good. Peace. All right. If you if you haven't already, head on over to iTunes or wherever you download your podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. All of that feedback is great. If if you don't uh, subscribe on a format that allows you to leave a review, we would love for you to come over to Go Tigers Two Four Seven. Click on those boards and come on over to our our main forum and l- drop some comments. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear more of. Uh, because honestly, the the bottom line is we do this show for you guys. So yet again, thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you next week. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Tigers in 20. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love for you to leave a comment and a rating wherever you download your podcasts. If you are interested in daily content all about the University of Memphis athletic program, please hop over to www.gotigers247.com. Articles are uploaded daily, and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for the VIP membership for even more behind-the-scenes information. 